Welcome to the Lovecraft Tales, a brief fictional interlude to tide you over until the next episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Enjoy. Ryan Davies backs the van out of the driveway, watching his father-in-law on the front porch. The old man was suspicious, but Ryan had been convincing. I just want to get the kids home before Caitlin wakes up, he said. It's a surprise. The old fool let him leave with Aaron and Timothy, both of whom were now sitting in the back seat, blurry-eyed and confused, strapped in, still swaddled in jammies, clutching binkies. Are we going home, Daddy? Aaron asks. Her eyes were round and curious. You bet, hon. Now go back to sleep. We'll see Mommy when you wake up. He drives, but not in the direction of home. He figures it won't take long for Caitlin's folks to get worried and call their daughter. And then she'd call the cops. Not much time. Time enough, he hoped. Alongside the Massachusetts Highway, electrical wires are strung from pole to pole. Sitting on the wires are thousands of birds, all of them robins. Their black eyes watch him from above as he drives past. He can feel their gaze burning into the back of his neck, judging. Let them, he thinks. They were no help when he needed help most. Pfft, some messenger that turned out to be. From now on, he is doing things his way. He'd lied to the police. When they arrested him, he knew exactly what he was doing with that ketamine hydrochloride. The voice in his head assured him it would be the best way, the only way, to coax Chris into the right mindset to satisfy his boundless lust. She'd repeatedly resisted his advances the last couple weeks, so it was time to try other methods. A little powder in her drink near closing time, then some fun time in his office. He'd already stowed rope and handcuffs in the safe. If things got too rough, well, he'd discover the perfect culvert just outside of town where her body would never be discovered. For a couple weeks, at least, if he preserved her corpse carefully, he might be able to have even more fun time with her. But the pharmacy alarm ruined all that. Fucking security system hadn't been there a month prior he'd checked. Must have been brand new. Police showed up immediately, cuffing him and carting him off to jail. He played dumb, of course. Even convinced Caitlin to contact that busybody Dan Williams for a character reference. A lot of good that did. Now that jackass was poking around in everybody's business. No matter. Ryan is beyond those worries now. He has a new directive. Just keep driving, the voice says the English lilt assured and soothing. Except it's not inside his head anymore. It comes from the passenger seat. He turns to look. It is an old man. No, not just an old man. An old thing. Black eyes like a robin's except scorched around the sockets, as if the orbs had burned from the inside out. Its pallid, unclothed flesh writhes from within like a sack full of snakes. Jaws creak open to reveal splintered yellow teeth grimacing in a rictus, a sham of a welcoming smile. 
Hello, Ryan, it practically whispers. Hello? Stu. You may call me Stu. Hello, Stu. Ryan can't stop staring at this creature, repulsive yet magnetic. Vaguely, he realizes he is no longer watching the road, but continues to drive, hands on the steering wheel, unerringly controlling the vehicle. The grin grows wider. Now that we've dispensed with the pleasantries, it's time we got down to business, don't you think? Ryan nods dully. Out of the corner of his eye, he can see his children fast asleep in the back seat. This is in my brain, he thinks. I've gone insane. Nonsense, Stu exclaims. You may be a little daft, but insane? Not quite yet. This is followed by a dry, mirthless chuckle. Where are we going? Do time, dear boy, do time. A long, bony finger pointed at Ryan. It looked like a dead fish. You fucked up our errand, did you not? Shame crept into Ryan's face. His cheeks grew hot. Yes, he murmured. Pity, Stu replied. I had hoped to consummate our relationship with young Cress. So firm, skin so elastic, mind bright with the hope of the future. We could have changed all that, you know. There's nothing quite like the way they fight when you're pulling the noose ever tighter and tighter, the way they gasp and cry, the way the light fades from their eyes. Even under the spell of the drug, they know what's happening to them, and that makes it even more thrilling. A grotesque black tongue crept from between cracked lips, caressed them obscenely. I'm sorry, Ryan offered, knowing it would do no good. Stooling closer, the odor of grave dirt and vomit drying in the sun wafted through the van's interior. Oh, don't I know it, the thing breathed. But we're going to fix that, aren't we? How? Ryan wasn't sure he wanted to know the answer, but he felt the stronger will of Stuart Portman, author of My Life, clasped tight around his own weakened spirit. First, why don't we take a left down this road? The van slowed and turned left onto a narrow service road. A signpost read, Quarry. Picking up speed, the vehicle bounced along the rough track. Plumes of dirt kicked up in the rearview mirror. For just a moment, Ryan felt a strange sense of relief, as if he were leaving the past behind. A bit faster, if you please. The creature beside him wrung its hands in delight. Obliging, his foot pressed down on the accelerator until it met the floorboard. The van's engine whined. Daddy? Ryan looked in the rearview mirror to meet the scared gazes of both Aaron and Timothy, now awake and jostling in their seats. Timothy, the youngest, appeared on the verge of tears. Aaron, older and braver, wore a grim look, her jaw set in useless defiance. Daddy, what's wrong? Aaron asked. Forcing a smile, he turned to look at his children directly never easing up on the gas pedal, never wavering direction of the van. Not a thing, hun. We're just making a quick stop before home, he said. 
the passenger seat was empty. The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.